your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's up everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB! Songs over. What's up? There's always a little extra song, and then I'm just standing out here waiting for the song to be over, and you guys get to look at my cool outfit and think about it for a while. How is everybody doing? I'm Rhea Butcher. I'm your host tonight. All right. Okay. Uh, Cameron Esposito is not here tonight. She's usually the other host. You can give it up for her. She can't hear you, but you might as well. Sort of a a spiritual applause. It's just me solo. Probably better than the movie. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know. I haven't written any jokes. <laughs> Basically been living in a glass cube for 10 weeks. Anybody else got one of those office jobs? Just living in a glass cube? First day, you're like, awesome. I work in an office. This feels great. There's coffee here. Snacks. People around. And then by the 10th week, you're like, get me out of here! (gasps) The insurance isn't worth it. It never was. I feel like I'm going to die. The good news is, I am. So, (laughs) actually connected to my feelings for once. Whenever I'm alone, I'm like, I'm going to die! I go, yeah, you are, idiot. And then I'm like, yeah, I am an idiot. An idiot who's going to die. Everyone hates that. (laughs) Comedians who talk about death. I'm one of them, I guess. (laughs) People get mad at this hat on the internet when they see me wear this hat. Can everybody see this hat? I'll give you a little view of this hat. Everybody that can't see it, lean on in. Mountain Dew, that's right. It says Mountain Dew, do the do before the do does you. That's somebody else's joke, but I like it a lot. Gene, Eugene Merman. <laughs> but I don't like the brand. I don't like the company. I don't like the uh, rumor that was spread around that it lowers, lowers your sperm count. I mean, I don't give a shit about that at all. In fact, good. But I, like, grew up on this shit. Basically, Mountain Dew was my dad. (laughs) One time on Father's Day, I straight up posted a photo of a two-liter Mountain Dew and a full-size bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. And I was like, happy Father's Day, Dad. I honestly spent way more time with those two things than I ever did with my dad. It's not sad. Because I'm here now. Many people are like, that sounds like you've got some daddy issues. No, 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 no. I've got a father problem. (laughs) Which is probably baseline the reason we got Trump, I would say. Father problem. I was talking to my dad, which was a mistake. Um, Every time the phone lights up and I'm just like, should you? Don't. I will. (laughs) That is just me 
jumping into the cycle of abuse, swimming around in it, then remembering, you don't know how to swim, and then just immediately drowning. (laughs) I'm getting real tonight. I called my dad, and I was like, I'm going through a rough time, dad. It's difficult. That's why I haven't been calling you. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me apologize for everything, even though I've done nothing wrong as a child. Just apologizing in the car. And he was like, oh, I don't, well, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know. Uh, I don't like emotions. So, uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, in my life, I've just tried to pare it down. All I care about in my life is me and my dog. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Take a gamble. Take a risk. Tell him what you need. I was like, Dad, am I part of that equation? Do you care about me too? How dare you think I don't care about you? (laughs) Was his response. And that's the second dog he's done that with. He's had two motherfucking dogs. And both of those dogs have been the son he's never had. And I thought, I was the son he never had! I mean the dog. (laughs) That's actually a joke. That was actually a joke. (laughs) Oh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Russia. We were all right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Women of color and all the fucking queers told you five fucking years ago. (laughs) I'm so mad about it. My Twitter should just be like, yeah! I mean, it is, it is just absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, anybody that on, like, throughout the weekend that was like, Mr. President, now is your chance to stand up for America. Like, what the, that dude can barely stand up. <laughs> what, why, what, what, what? Like, he, what? They're meeting to be like, great job, bro. Yeah, thanks a lot. That's the meeting. How did you think, what, what, what? Are we watching the same Twitter feed? I, what? Okay. I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat. I'm wearing a Mountain Dew hat. All right, I'll talk about something else. Uh, The other day I went to have lunch by myself. It was yesterday. The the other day. I used to hate that phrase, and now I use it all the time. Anyway. As a child, I was like, Why aren't you being accurate? The other day, you're wasting my time. Was it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? And nobody ever told me. Now I'm using it. Anyway, it was yesterday. I went to have lunch by myself, one of my favorite things to do. Also, just realized how I pronounced the word lunch. Don't like it. So I went to have lunch. There's nobody. <laughs> went to have lunch. Look, you put the outfit on, it comes right back. <laughs> I don't know, I want to have lunch by myself, man. So I walked, it was a place where you go in, order, wait for the thing and for a long time. And look, hey, the fucking, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I love this place so much because it's like a, uh, just like a human owned, they wanted to make a place, a food place, and they made it together. They all own it cooperatively. They're do- making a cool business. It's a great business, and their sandwiches are delicious. The only thing is, they've named them after NPR personalities. 
and I have to order Ira Glass and I don't like it. The sandwich is fucking great. Sarah Koenig was the brains behind that operation. I want a Sarah Koenig, which is an Ira Glass, but by a different name! <laughs> he listens to the podcast, so it'll be good. So I like walk by the, it's wax paper. You should go to that place. It's really good. It's so mwah, good. They make their own pickles. Come on, what? Anyway, yes. So I walked by the outside. I was like, oh, there's nobody here because it's a Monday and nobody in Los Angeles eats lunch on Mondays. They just eat a chewy granola bar and drink an espresso and stay at work. And so I went in and ordered and then I came out and I sat down. And then these two people, who I believe are straight, because they were together. <laughs> I believe them to be cisgendered people, a cisgendered man and a cisgendered woman. Now, they could be bisexual, but they weren't that interesting. <laughs> I don't want to participate in bi erasure, but honestly, they weren't. They had a baby on them, which honestly, at this point in my life, I'm gonna be 36 in a couple weeks. It's triggering. <laughs> I wanna be that dad with that baby on the outside. So, sir, your baby is very triggering to me. <laughs> so they sat down and I was like, son of a bitch. I thought I was gonna have lunch by myself and now I gotta hang out with these straight people. And they're not even cool. <laughs> And they started talking to each other. So I'm already in a triggered state with the baby. It's a baby that I can't have or steal. <laughs> and they're like talking about his naps and all this stuff. And I'm like, what do you do with your life? Like you guys just walk around in flip-flops all day with a baby? Is that what being straight is now? Because like, maybe lay off the gaze a little bit. We work. And so they were just sitting there, and I was like, you know, you're being an asshole. Don't be a heterophobe. Nobody, you don't need to swing the pendulum back that far. Just calm down. Like, it's only the four of you counting the baby. He wasn't having lunch, so I shouldn't count him, but anyways. So we're sitting there, I'm like doing my own thing, and then he's like, oh, God, the dad, not the baby. <laughs> get me out of this Bjorn for Christ's sake that, that's the baby um, the dad they settle in and the dad's like God I don't want to have to send that email and I'm like well this got interesting she's like what email he's like the email about the second house in Australia I don't know if we even want it anymore and then I flipped the entire restaurant over can't imagine any bisexuals not wanting a second house. <laughs> I know many bisexual people and they're like, yes, please. I'm not going to send that email. <laughs> Let's see. Is there anything else that's fun? Oh, yeah. I was going into the restroom the other day and I realized on this particular set of bathrooms... I know I talk about this a lot, but guess what? It happens to me a lot. I have to go to the bathroom in public a lot. So it's always a new set of trauma. Anyway, 
there were the signs on the bathrooms and I'm always like, I was like looking at them for a minute and then I was thinking about how ridiculous it is that we have two sets of bathrooms at this point. Like, how many bars have you been in that have just like a bunch of onesies? Everybody fucking loves the onesie. Even if you're just peeing. Look, I understand. There should be a room that's like urinal, comfortable. That should be the bathrooms. And then you can just make your choice that way. And like, so whatever. We can all have what we want. But the the two of them, it's hilarious to look at those signs because the men's is naked. <laughs> And then the women's is clothed. So part of me wants to just strip... No, that would never work. And then I looked at a, another set of those signs, and they had uh, the ADA accessibility logo on there, yes. And that person isn't wearing any clothes at all either. The only person wearing clothes is that one little tiny Doritoed woman. <laughs> It's not really a joke, it's just an observation. <laughs> the world is weird right now. Everything seems like it's an upheaval, so I'm like, let's talk about that little tiny triangle on that plastic person on the door. <laughs> but I was also just thinking, like, how is this not just Pepsi and Coke? Marlboro and Camel? Like, it's all just whatever. Anyway, that's Sue. <sighs> Sorry. I used to rent an apartment where I never saw a landlord. I currently have a landlord that's terrible. And I've been thinking about landlords a lot because uh, that's what our president is. <laughs> a shitty landlord. A shitty racist landlord <laughs> with merch. That's all that he is. <laughs> and it's bonkers to me that anyone, anyone would be like, yeah, a landlord would be great. Yeah, let's have a landlord run the country. <laughs> Yeah, I've loved all my landlords. And if you're like, hey, you're probably a landlord. <laughs> and if you're a landlord, why are you at this show? Check in on your property. <laughs> my landlord currently, I had to chase him down to meet him once. Because I rented the apartment and he would not give me a phone number. He used like a middleman to get the apartment. And I was like, ooh, I've been swindled for a home, which is always a great feeling. And he came over to uh, look at the gutters with this uh, contractor or whatever, and I peeked out the window because I was raised by the elderly, and I dashed downstairs <laughs> in my pajamas and was like, hey! And he was running down the driveway. <laughs> so we have a great relationship. <laughs> he left me something recently, a garage door opener, and didn't check to see if it worked, so I emailed him. I was like, oh, I just checked it. It doesn't work. Could you come by? I sent the email. Bing! I'm traveling out of the country for the next two months. What? <laughs> but he's not even the worst landlord that I had. I had a, a, a slumlord landlord in Chicago. It's called M. Fishman. Do not rent. Terrible situation. So terrible that the way I paid my rent was I just walked up to a building and I put my money into it. <laughs> And if that's not like a perfect metaphor for capitalism, I don't know what else is. Because there's like a cycle of that to you. Go like, oh, hang on, I gotta walk up to this building. Here's my money that I just got out of that building. Here you go, building, there's my money. Bye, building. Thank you for the home, building. 
Well, that was fun. You guys want to get this show rolling? Great! Started out with sadness, then some half-baked ideas, then just taking down capitalism. I did, oh, I forgot this. I w- I've been riding my bike to work because um, I'm fucking cool. And I rode by somebody uh, on Friday that had just gotten a boot on their car. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, son of a bitch, got booted, that sucks. Then today, I rode my bike past that exact same spot and that boot was laying on the ground and I was like <laughs> fucking Judd Nelson at the end of breakfast. <laughs> like, don't you pay that, fine. Anyway. All right, let's get the show going. What do you think? Great! I want to hear it louder for this first comic. That's right! This first comic, one of my favorites. Please keep it going for Megan Keister right now. I come bearing great news. Um... Disgraced former comedian T.J. Miller has crawled out of the porta potty, which he's been living in for the past six months, and is starting to do sets again. He did a alt show last night, which I found out this morning while sitting in an IKEA cafeteria. Turns out there's no such thing as a safe space. Did you guys know that? And IKEA was always my safe space. Uh, if you actually, if you feel uh, existential angst, though, they won't let you lay in bed as long as you need to get over it. I found out. <laughs> Turns out the max is five minutes. Now, okay, so, right, having TJ be on alt shows now, um, no. Uh, I think that him and all other monsters of his ilk should be resigned to a fate that's worse than death, which is road-dogging for the rest of their lives uh, in flyover states at clubs that spell crackers and bananas with Zs. I don't think... I don't... I don't go to where uh, misogynists and racists and homophobes uh, ply their trade, aka comedy clubs, and slap the dick jokes out of their mouths. So why are they coming here and doing the, why are you not on board? (laughs) I've been laying down all day, all right? I can't believe I'm upright right now. Okay, so a lot of people knew that TJ was a piece of shit for years and they continue to book him in the alt scene, but I understand why, and it's because... As we all know, Crazen's got the right to vote before women. Did you guys know that? Did you know, did you know that? And uh, it's actually, it's the same reason why um, people continue to not say anything about Chris Hardwick. It's because the points that they distributed on At Midnight are actually redeemable for goods and services. I don't know if you know that. I actually have some residual points. I was never on the show, but I did go on a very uh, unsuccessful, let's say, date with the social media manager of the show, and sometimes she would just neg me for years by giving me points. So I have a lot of backup points, all of which I uh, obviously gave to Rain because I'm a true ally. You know what? Fuck this. Fuck you. I'm kidding. I'm not going to blame you. God damn it. Ignore it. Yes, ignore it until you can't ignore it anymore. Fantastic. Love it. Great stuff. I'm balancing a water. Here's, okay, if there are any comedy bookers in the audience right now, um, I understand that you might want to continue to book TJ, but uh, let me just offer my services as someone who can do a spot-on impression of him, if you're thinking about booking him. Here's my impression of TJ Miller. I'm a rapist. (laughs) Okay, so if you could just, 
Let's put the kibosh on that. God, let me look at my notes. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Actually, jam all, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. I love the defense, uh, as always. But he never raped me. Fantastic, love that. I actually, I blame myself for the fact that TJ was allowed to perform um, on the east side yesterday for the fact that I never made good on my promise to fill Dave Becky's pool with menstrual blood. That's on me, that's my bad. It's almost like the shelf, uh, the shelf life of the hashtag that made women people is about to expire. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't help but notice that a lot of men have allegedly lost careers as a result of jerking off into things, but I don't know a woman who's gained one. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> Which is why I think what we have to do, we have to round ourselves up. Let's get in my 1964 Plymouth Valiant. All right, I'll gas her up, okay? We'll go down to, I don't know, Viacom and say, listen, we're women in the entertainment industry. We've never jerked off in front of anybody who didn't want it. All right, sometimes people want it. So what you have to do is at least give us a development deal. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to give us Louie's old time slot. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I'll go with something with free form. I don't care, all right? Bring CISO back, give it to us. We'll call it CISO, all right? Why do I have to think of everything? You know what I call that? I call it reparations, you guys. That is the first time that joke's ever worked. What the fuck? What the fuck? I, uh, yes, I've been wallowing in the mire for almost a year. I'm working on a book right now called The Indignities of Being a Woman which means that for 25 hours of every day, I am just surrounded by women's victimhood. (laughs) Even when I close my eyes, it doesn't go away. Harvey Weinstein was in my dream last night. An UG is appropriate. An UG was appropriate before the New York Times story, after and in perpetuity. He is a very disgusting man, both inside and out, but you knew that, allies, am I right? Don't, wow, no, that's, okay. I like, uh, I, I like a stilted almost applause break. I'll take that. I had to, since I started this project, I have to say, instances of me just laying in bed, staring at the ceiling in the middle of the day, just waiting for death, have increased to when I was still in alcoholic levels. It's uh, bleak stuff. You know, they say, um... They say that if you immerse yourself in your work, you become it. That's true, because I have become death, destroyer of worlds, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Richly deserved light. Great, got that. Got my head wet. Fantastic, about to go. Let's talk about a female success story, though, all right? Let's talk about Ocean's 8, okay? (laughs) I saw Ocean's 8 the other day, and boy, are my strong women tired, you guys. (laughs) How strong are these women? Some of them don't even have boyfriends, okay? Though, I have to say, I took umbrage with one thing. I took umbrage with the fact that I'm sure she has it in her contract. Rihanna is constantly smoking a Jaybird, and in Ocean's 8, she plays a hacker. I can't suspend my belief, all right? When I smoke a Jaybird, I can't even remember my own email password, let alone someone's else, all right? What is this, science fiction? I'll leave with a real joke, a hack joke, something I came up with last night while I was praying for sleep or death. Um, If I were a drag king, I think my name would be Johnny Depth. Depth. Maybe if I enunciate? No, it's still not good? All right, thank you. 
On Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People, comedian Chris Gethard talks to one anonymous caller for an hour. There's only one rule. Gethard cannot hang up. In two recent episodes, Gethard chats with someone in a unique moment just before their life is about to change. From a woman who's about to live out her own Orange is the New Black-esque journey to a young man who came out of the closet on the show. Subscribe to Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People now. I agree with everything she just said. <laughs> Honestly, Megan was, uh, she was tweeting about Louie for like years before anybody else was saying anything. So clap for that. Because <laughs> it was like an open secret and nobody talked about it, but we all knew about it. And then you're like, I, what, I knew about this. What? And then people were like, why'd you do something? It's like, oh yeah, because me, this uh, lesbian that looks like this, can totally take down that guy <laughs> without knowing anything about what happened other than something happened. So anyway, she knew about it and she was talking about it. So more power to Megan Keister. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just thinking I did have something that I thought was funny and I forgot to talk about it up top, which is that how many people are older than 34 years old in this audience? Clap if you are. Okay. We are cusp millennials. I am unsure what that totally means. We like avocado, but we don't live and die by it, I guess. <laughs> As the media seems to think. <laughs> avocado? What's that? Um, but I was just thinking about, you know, because I'm like very addicted to my phone and I took Twitter off of my phone recently and then I immediately logged into it on Safari on my phone. <laughs> And I was like, this is better. It takes a little longer. You know what I mean? It's the shantix of Twitter removal. And uh, so I like went on Twitter and I was like, yeah, you're just going to do it anyway. So you might as well. So I was strolling through and I was like, that's funny. And I faved it and I didn't get the haptic feedback. And I was like, come on. I was very upset that I didn't get it. And I was like, I am a trained animal who is like living off of a tiny buzz that touches my little thumb. And that's a horrific existence. Change your life. But then I was thinking back to, uh, I don't know, I guess it would be when I was a teenager, when this little invention came into our lives, kind of around the same time as the pager, um, was the restaurant pager. Does anybody remember when that was a new fucking thing and you were like, what? I can walk around? And then this thing is going to tell me when my table's ready at Olive Garden? <laughs> Holy shit, we are living in the future. <laughs> and you, like, got it for the first time, and you're holding this, like, weirdly newfangled coaster that looks like maybe you got it at Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> trying to stick your face in it. <laughs> and then you're just like, is, it, is my table ready? This thing's supposed to... Is this going to tell me my table's probably... <laughs> When did they get here? They got here after me, and they're going in there right now. I feel like my table should be ready. Does this thing work? Does this work? Or what is it? I don't know how it works. What is this? How does this work? I'm a 12-year-old child talking to myself like this. How does it? And then it goes, Dinger! And you're like, oh, my God! <laughs> and then for some ungodly reason, we wanted to have that in our lives. <laughs> every 10 fucking seconds of our existence. 
So now I'm just walking around going, is my, is my table ready? Is my, is my career ready? Is my, uh, do I have, am I in the union yet? Am I, ah! All right, it kind of worked. You guys ready to keep the show going? You folks, I mean, my friends and folks, guess what? This next comic, it's our first time on the show, so you all know what to do. That's right, get it going. A nice big welcoming applause to Karina Assad! Guys, I'm in the industry too. I have a sister. She has the good hair and the good skin. But guess who got the call back for the proactive commercial? Yeah! Boom, 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 boom. I did not get it. <laughs> I'm unemployed. Help! Uh, have you guys seen the movie Big? Seeing the movie big. There was a no, but I'm guessing that's not what everyone else thought. Uh, we saw that, right? That's been out for a while. Spoiler. Um, people talk about that movie big. They're like, such an original story. Such an original story. Tom Hanks is a little boy. Gets to be a man for a whole month. What an original story, you know? Uh, but if you look at it from the woman's point of view in that film, his love interest point of view, okay? That is not an original story, all right? That is every woman's story, okay? Right. At the end of the film, she's watching him walk away. She's like, man, I thought I was fucking a full-grown man. <laughs> Turns out he lives with his mom and thinks he's a child. Susan, no! Ah! He was wearing a tie, damn it! They always turn out to be psycho. How? Um, it's okay. Um, my mom is Mexican. She has a really thick Mexican accent, so she pronounces wine as blood of Christ. You know, uh, she's very Catholic. I wear pads. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Um, do you guys believe in God, UCB? UCB ears? Silent. That's what I thought. I've done studies mostly by going into rooms and asking this question, do you believe in God? But mostly, uh, I feel like in cities, uh, white people give up on God a lot faster than people of color. Like, people of color love God so much. We have to. Have you seen what's happening? Um, <laughs> we love God so much. I feel like believers in God are kind of like Dodger fans, if you will, you know? When it's a good season, everyone's there, right? <laughs> But when it's a bad season, only the Latinos show up. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much. <laughs> I wrote that on hearsay. I don't do baseball. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my mom, who's Mexican, married my dad, who's Lebanese, because she likes a challenge at the airport. Uh, <laughs> People here, Mexican, Lebanese, did these people meet in a war? You know, how did these people come together? I'm like, very close, they met in the Midwest. Um, I'm assuming there's a lot of people here from the Midwest because this is where they come. Where are you, Midwest, yeah, make some noise. All right, very polite, I like it. Uh, have you guys seen the three-part documentary on Detroit? Anyway, it's The Hunger Games. It uh, <laughs> raised a lot of money for Jennifer Lawrence's very important film. Um, 
I actually, um, I'm Mexican and Lebanese, but I mostly feel very whitewashed. And I think you know you're whitewashed when you're the only Mexican at your quinceanera. Uh, okay. For this side of the room, a quinceanera um, is when a 15-year-old Mexican girl, it's very beautiful, it's very formal, she stands in front of her family and God, and they announced, she's open for business now. You know, like, everyone, come in. You're only laughing timidly because you know it's true. Um, nothing, sometimes raunchy things happen at them. Like, it's a big, like, it's a big deal. You're a woman, you know. Uh, nothing raunchy happened at mine except I was wearing a big hoop skirt, a large hoop skirt, and I didn't know it, but this little girl climbed underneath my hoop skirt. And she was sitting there with me for a while. Um, <laughs> So I was literally wandering around the party with the baby and me not knowing. Um, which you could argue was the most Latino part of the event. Uh, okay. I, um, I was confused. I didn't get like a solid Day of the Dead celebration. I was confused. I got a kinsei. You know, we're not very traditional. Uh, and I was talking to my mom about Day of the Dead. You guys know what that is, right? It's just Mexicans hanging out with ghosts all day. You know, it's fun. You know, grandma still hates you from her death. She didn't change. Uh, like, um, I was talking to my mom. I was like, Mom, you know, why don't Americans celebrate ghosts? And she's like, they do. Mariah Carey's career, you know? Um, she made her bed, whatever. Uh, <laughs> And she was also like, white people don't celebrate ghosts because they made most of the ghosts. Uh, um, I, um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have the pleasure of growing up around a lot of Latino people, like I explained in the joke. Um, but um, I did see the movie Coco. That was very good, right? That was a good film. That was very good. I felt like everyone can really get behind Coco if you think about it. If you haven't seen Coco, it follows Miguel. Spoiler, he's Mexican. He travels to the afterlife on Day of the Dead, which I just explained what that is. And um, <laughs> he travels to the afterlife on Day of the Dead to heal a family rift. And there is a really important message there that really all races can get behind, which is that you can forgive estranged family members. You can forgive them. It just really helps if half of them are dead. It really <laughs> expedites the healing process, makes it better for everyone. Um, it's very good. Um, uh, yeah, my mom like laughed way too hard when I told her that joke. I was like, you need to calm down. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I met my Mexican grandpa one time before he died. Uh, and I looked at him, and he was like, oh my gosh, you know, you have my eyes, right? And I was like, not your alcoholism, baby, go, bitty, go, bitty, yeah! Um, and I'm gonna leave you guys with one last thing. To fit with the theme of tonight, I guess, uh, I look super Native American to white casting directors. Hold your applause, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> So like Thanksgiving is like, you know, my hot season, right? Like all these big Squanto remakes coming in. Um, and there was this one audition where they wanted me to play a raped girl, Ugh, right? Gross. Um, they, said, they said I didn't get the part though because they said I wasn't very believable. But they're also like, hey, you know, we saw 40 other women. We didn't believe any of them either. So thanks guys. Everybody.
That was a joke. That was a great fucking joke. One more time for that joke. <laughs> I love this show, don't you? Yes, I thought so. <laughs> Everybody said yes! Oh, that's amazing! Oh, the power! <laughs> Speaking of that, I did a show the other night, and I'm going to bring the next comic on, but I did a show the other night. I was talking for a few minutes, doing my classic bits. Not the loose stuff I did up top, but really funny shit. <laughs> funny thinking stuff. You know, about, like, uh, tackling racism and stuff. People are always like, why do you talk about racism and white supremacy all the time? I don't know, because I dress like this. <laughs> anyway. And then I was like, I'm running for president. And, like, five people clapped. And I was like, y'all are straight. That's what's happening. <laughs> Majority straight audience and shit. Anyway, well, I put that right in the basement. <laughs> it's cool. I was raised in one, so I feel right at home. <laughs> I was. I love how people are like, ooh. <laughs> no, I did. Is anybody else live in a basement? Yeah, I did. It was pretty cold. <laughs> Kept my shoes on most of the time. <laughs> Bad television reception. Anyway! <laughs> Let's keep the show going, shall we? I think so. Great. This next comic has amazing specials. Tremendous writer. You know her, you love her. I do. Give it up for Jenna Friedman! Hey, PYHT listeners, looking for a new podcast that combines your passion of comedy and music? Then you should listen to The Supergroup. On each episode of The Supergroup, hosts Tawny Newsom and Alex Kleiner invite a comedian and musician to write and record an original song with them over the course of a week. You'll hear every step of the process from writing and rewriting to recording and mixing. Hear songs with Open Mike Eagle, Ted Leo, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and more. The podcast is funny, but the songs are legit. Listen to The Supergroup only on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash supergroup and use promo code PYHT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. came for everybody's favorite grandpa. Everyone was scared. Holy shit. One more time for Jenna Friedman. I was just going to say uh, the feminist way to hate Melania is to hate her because she's a piece of shit. Not because she's a woman. That's it. She's a piece of shit. I hate her. Has nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman. Just she's a piece of shit. There you go. There's a feminist response. <laughs> Um, hate people because they're pieces of shit, not because they're women. There you go. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Cafe press or whatever. I, I, you have to pry being a feminist from my cold, dead, very dead hands. <laughs> anyway. Again, I just put it right in the basement. We've got two more comics left on the show. Are you excited? I feel like we're upset that I said feminism or that I was dying because like we all have to die I said that up top <laughs> I'm just being accurate sorry to remind you over and over and over again everybody in this room gonna die <laughs> hopefully as feminists am I, am I right <laughs> all right this next comic guess what he's got a uh, pilot on Vimeo, 
called Ghost Family, so you should definitely check that out. But for now, please check out Andrew Machat! What up, fools? Y'all ready to party or what? Ha ha! You ready to party over here? You ready to party over here? All right. Okay, just kidding. Um, but that whole personality, it's going to be a lot less like that for me and a lot more like private liberal arts school up here for a few minutes. So buckle up. Pack a swimsuit. Not sure why. It's such a fun show. Happy to be a part of it. I kind of want to connect with the crowd before I get started with the meat of my set here. So I just want to ask, um, has anyone here in the audience ever like... Um, had sex with anyone for any reason or anything? Yeah, okay, my kind of crowd, UCB. Very cool, very cool. Has anyone here ever been in or out of a relationship on either side of that situation? Okay, cool, less of you, but still some. Again, just trying to you know, connect with the audience a little bit. I, um, I'm currently in a relationship with my girlfriend. Uh, it's going very well, and also she's here. And um, we've been dating for a couple years. Everything between us is pretty good. When we first started dating, she kept trying to assess whether her and I were astrologically compatible. That's something that was important to her as the foundation of our relationship. Is that something I'm particularly into, as, as these people are laughing at? Um, but when we first started dating, she like you know checked our birthdays against some books she should never have bought in the first place to like see if we fit on whatever rubric. Is anyone here into that kind of thing? Actually, is anyone here not into astrology? Are there any skeptics in the crowd? There's usually one or two. You don't believe in it, man? No. You're not into it? Okay, get on up here. No, I'm kidding. You can stay right there. Um, <laughs> totally kidding. Can I ask you a couple quick questions? Sure. I appreciate your participation in advance. What's your name? Teresa. Okay, Teresa. Thank you so much. You live in the Los Angeles area, Teresa? No. You do not? Oh, where do you live? Uh, Detroit. Okay, what's your address? Just kidding. Um, okay, so we've got Teresa. <laughs> Teresa, are you here in the Detroit suburbs? Are you in like your 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, somewhere in that age range? You, you don't have to say exactly. I just need to know a little bit about... Oh, it's your birthday? All right. Happy birthday, Teresa. All right. I just realized that's going to ruin my joke, but um, <laughs> it's okay. We're just going to move along as if you didn't tell me it's your birthday. So anyways, Teresa, not into astrology, huh? Yikes. Yeah, I think we know where this is going. So we got Teresa right here, not, not into astrology, lives in the Detroit area, in her 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Okay, one final question, Teresa. <laughs> Are you a Libra by any chance? You know what? Look, okay. <laughs> The answer is no, right? I don't think so. Yeah, you're not. You know, you know, one of the 12 times when I don't in advance another birthday that's supposed to totally blow someone's mind, you know, it's going to be like a huge breakthrough watershed moment for them. It didn't work with my girl, Teresa. That's okay. Um, the best magic tricks is we only work about 8% of the time. Um, we all have off nights, folks. Uh, we all have off nights. <laughs> and for Teresa, hers was tonight. So, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was... It's nice of you to speak up in this crowd full of people, such an intimate space that was like such a Scorpio kind of thing. Again, it doesn't matter. The joke is ruined. So be it. Um, but Teresa was nice to participate, and uh, it's her birthday, and I hope she has the best day of her life <laughs> for the next two hours and 40, 53 minutes. I'm looking at a clock. You guys aren't. Anyway, uh, let's see what else. This is fun to do audience participation in a space that's this intimate where everyone can kind of see each other. So we're going to start with you, and we're going to go around the room. Um, if you could just open up about your deepest regret with everyone. <laughs> He's like, sitting in the front. Okay. Um, having fun. I do hope this show goes well for me. I did pay $700 to do this show. And uh, thanks to the producers for giving me the discount. They hooked it up. That was nice. Uh, let's see. Um, what else is happening in my... I, I live with my girlfriend, as I was talking about her earlier. She's, 
she's the only uh, partner I've ever lived with that never lived with my romantic partner. And it's, it's good. We get along. Everything's pretty good. But I've discovered something about living with your significant other. Maybe some of you will relate to this. For me, I've found that like 90% of the process of living with your significant other is like you're in one room doing something and they're in another room doing something else and they try to say something to you and you can't understand them. It's just that <laughs> interaction over and over again. Like there's love and there's passion, but it's mostly just like, hey, Andrew, can you, uh, just like verbal misunderstandings. Um, if you haven't laughed at this joke yet, which some of you haven't, <laughs> it's because either A, you've never lived with someone you've been in love with or B, you've only lived in studio apartments. Either way, you're broken. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's on you to fix your jacked up life to appreciate my comedy in the future. Do the work. Um, let's see. What's happening? My, um, my girlfriend and I were at, at a point in our life where um, everyone around us seems to be having kids. It seems to be something I, I know Jenna alluded to it herself. Um, it's something that happens, I think, as you get older, is people, you know, you once trusted betray you and have children. And we're trying to, <laughs> we're just trying to figure that out. And my girlfriend wants kids more than I do. I don't quite feel like I'm ready. I'm still 17. And I'm just trying to, like, <laughs> figure out, like, how that fits within my life. And she wants to have kids a little more than I do, but she's also not quite ready. And we're just, like, talking about it. And she's in her mid-30s right now. And, that, you know, at that point, it's kind of like, you know, you have to decide sooner than later. And, you know, women are, you know, it's an unfair situation where they, you know, have their cursed biology that they have to make the decision sooner than men. It's kind of like the only thing that's unfair for women. And it's just like, <laughs> it's the only one. And um, so, you know, we're talking about what we want to do with respect to that. And it's like we have friends who have frozen their eggs. And that's such a difficult process. It's, you know, it's very medically invasive for the woman. It can lead to long-lasting health, health impacts down the road. It's very expensive. Sometimes it doesn't work. We have friends who froze their eggs and then counted on that and then years later tried to unfreeze them. They didn't take and then they weren't able to have kids. So it's a very difficult situation and we're just like trying to figure out the best way to, to deal with it as a couple. And um, I had an idea just a couple weeks ago. It's a really good idea and it fixes all those problems. So here's what it is. Instead of freezing your eggs, you get birth, you're, sorry, you, you get pregnant, you give birth, and then you freeze the baby. You know, that is such a smarter idea. You know, it fixes all those issues with freezing your eggs. It's like, you can just, you know, live your life, do whatever the hell you want, and then have that baby, and then, you know, freeze it, and then do, live your life, do what you want, and then when you're ready to, you know, take care of it, you unfreeze it, raise that sucker. That just sounds so amazing to me, I think. Um, I don't know, it's like, oh, Andrew, I didn't know you had a daughter. Yeah, yeah, I do, I, yeah, yeah, I do have a daughter, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, how old is she? Oh, she's been two hours old for about 10 years now. And um, yeah, as soon as we're done living our lives, we're ready to raise her, and it's gonna be amazing. Look, I know this is a comedy show, and you guys are here for jokes and not like paradigm-shifting ideas, but that's, you know, that's just what I'm bringing to the table. Uh, you guys are getting in on the ground floor of this, so if anyone out there is like a scientist, or like you own a bunch of ice, definitely hit me up. <laughs> after the show and we can figure out how to make this dream a reality. Come on, let's do it. I don't know, my sister had a baby a, a year ago. It's the first um, baby in my family. Uh, he, he's adorable, little little baby Barack. And uh, he's such a cute, what, you guys are laughing? You don't think my sister could have married a black guy and had a half black baby named Barack? I mean, come on, that's reasonable, right? Okay, she didn't, um, she did not marry a black guy and her baby is not named Barack. I'm just kidding about that. Her baby's name is Lincoln, which is like Barack, but different. But I actually thought about, <laughs> I thought about the idea of like a fully white couple naming their baby Barack, and there's something very funny about that, because it's very like icky, like it feels weird, but if you think about the logic behind it, like it's all positivity, it's like, oh, he was a great president, he was a great man, I wish my son was half the man he is, like it's all positive good stuff, but there's something just like weird and icky about it, and I know there's something weird about it, because when I was visiting my nephew last, like a few months ago in the Bay Area, I called him Barack a bunch in public, and people were not into it, people... <laughs> 
were very angry. They weren't even mad at me. They were like mad at him actually for like existing. He represented like everything they hate about gentrification in the Bay Area. It was like a lot to put on that baby. And um, he will be traumatized and I will pay for therapy later in life for that anger, that energy that he received. Um, I had an interesting thing that happened to my family on this family baby trip um, that I'm on right now. I, uh, something interesting happened to my family over the holiday uh, break recently. Well, I guess we're all adults, not break, but holiday season. I, um, I, a back, bit of backstory. My father and mother have been divorced my entire life. I've literally never seen them in the same room together. And um, they got divorced when I was like six months old. Maybe I was the reason breakthrough on stage. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, So they've been divorced for a very long time. And when I was uh, visiting uh, my sister for the holidays, uh, we were all... Um, my father and mother were in the same city. They've lived in separate states for like 30 years. So we were all in the same city, and I saw my parents together in the same room for the first time, and it was very strange for me. It was a very weird thing to witness. It really didn't make sense. Like, my brain couldn't compute that these two people knew each other. It was like one of the situations where, like, when you have one friend who you know from a very specific friend group, and then you have another friend who you know from, like, a totally separate friend group, and then you find out that those two friends somehow know each other, and you're like, what the hell? John? you know Sanjay? Like, how is that even possible? You guys are different races. It was like that kind of a situation. <laughs> Except it was like, Mom, you know Dad? Except like, of course, they know each other. That's literally how I exist. But it was so weird for my brain to witness it. I just like, couldn't process it. So when I saw it, I was like, could I get a, like, a picture of you two together, possibly? And they were very not into that strong no from them <laughs> on that memorial photograph existing. So my goal for 2018 is to snap that photo of my parents together in the same room and also to get them back together. I'm gonna do a parent trap type thing in my 30s. It's never been done before. It's gonna be incredible. I'm basically rebooting the parent trap starring all non-actors. Um, it's gonna be great. Well, well, starring one actor. Um, I'm an actor. The point of this joke is to let you all know that I am an actor, and um, my real goal for 2018 is to get cast in a ton of stuff, TV and film, so definitely keep me in mind if you have any roles for me. Definitely like look at this face. Um, if you do want to remember me, um, I do have my headshot um, where all actors keep it, which is um, as the background of their phone. So there I am right there. Definitely take a look. I'm smiling. You know, Hitler Youth rolls anyone? They're coming back. Okay. Um, that's dark. Anyway, this has been very fun. If you guys want to vote for me, please text four. I think the show is working like that. And also, um, <laughs> I'm just going to plug something really quickly. I know it's annoying to plug something at the end of your set, but just very quickly, um, a close friend of mine, a guy, known, a guy I've known in Los Angeles for a very long time, uh, he just started this new podcast. It's supposed to be great, so definitely give it a listen if you get a chance. Okay, thank you all so much. <laughs> give it up for Ria. I've got a pitch. Freeze your parents! <laughs> Frozen! Two! This time it's the parents. <laughs> One of them's gay. Can't touch anything! Okay. Jesus Christ! <sighs> Whatever. There's one comic left. Are you all excited for? I am! She's one of my favorite comics working today, and you've probably seen her on the great show. Nailed it! Give it up for Nicole Meyer! What are you up to these days? It's me! I'm trying to practice before I record a Netflix special! Oh, shit! Are you doing a half hour or an hour? A half hour? Cool. You better believe 
only them grouped together with 46 other people. (laughs) I don't know how they're going to actually like roll them out, but uh, I'm very excited. You're you're doing the international thing. Yes, which is that's very cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Me, Chris D'Elia. Neil Brennan and Nick Swartzen. Cool. What a interesting group. Right. Of people. So you're the only lady. Cool. Got it. Yes, right. the only lady, the only yeah. person of color. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, a twofer. <laughs> did they ask you if you could play gay? <laughs> uh, they didn't. But I don't identify as straight. Well, there you go. So there you and go. that's on me. There you go. And they were like, "Shit, three for money right now." <laughs> I feel like identifying as anything is strange. I identify sure. as Samantha Jones in Sex in the City when she said I'll try anything once. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get into it. That's how I feel. Yeah, you feel the way you feel. Well, that's great. Uh, that's amazing. So you're just doing sets all around and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I'll do the last one on Thursday, and then I'm going to let it rest. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to overdo yeah, it. you don't want to overdo feel it. feel crazy. And then be sick of it by mm-hmm. the time you do it. When are you? Do you know when you're filming? July 28th. Oh, at shit, Montreal. Oh, fuck. It's very oh, soon. Yeah. I got the news, and then it was like, it's wow. happening very quickly. Quickly. All right, that's cool. But I feel Probably like that's a blessing. Yes, yeah, so I don't have time to fast. like. Yeah, you don't have time to like. I don't know, because you know, no matter what you do, number one, you're gonna crush it, and number two, you're gonna walk out of there and be like, I just thought of a new thing. Like no matter yes. what, mm-hmm. if you run it a hundred mm-hmm. times or two, you're still gonna be. You're like, right. Fuck. I will walk out and be like, uh-huh. I should have said this. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is, it's going to be fucking perfect. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I'm very excited, and everybody's loving you on Nailed It. So oh, Nailed just keep, It! What a fun, silly show. Just keep being the amazing Nicole Byer that you are. Oh, thank you. Oh, I can't wait to see it, Nicole. Congrats. Thank you. What a treat. What a treat. Yeah. You need to go home and go to sleep. I'm going to not. I have to record a podcast over this. Bye. Do you really? Yeah. What podcast do you have to record? My podcast. Which is your podcast? A baseball podcast. Three swings. You should listen to it. Tuesday night. Keep it going for everybody you saw tonight. Megan, Jenna, Karina, Andrew, Nicole, and me, Rhea Butcher. Thank you so much for coming. I'll see you all real soon. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.